Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Uh, my name's Mark Machado, and I'm a broadcast journalist. And like everyone, more or less across the world, I'm currently in lockdown. Um, however, what I have been doing is speaking to various other OPs about how they got to where they are in their careers. Um, they're all in different stages of their careers. They've all um, obviously been to the school, as I said, and uh, I thought it might it might be beneficial for other people to hear about their, their personal journeys and what happened when they left school. Uh, my first uh, guest in this series is uh, someone who's in the same year as me at school, so he left in 2004. His name's Bruce Acoldy. And we'll, we'll, I was going to tell you what he does, but actually, let, let's ask him what he does. So, Bruce, what is it you exactly do? Right, so I work for a financial services company called Aegon. And what we do is we provide a piece of platform technology that allows financial advisors, wealth managers... Uh, people who manage money basically to make investment decisions in real time, buying and selling funds, securities, stocks and shares uh, on behalf of their clients, but in just one place. So we simplify the process for them and take care of a lot of the hassle. How did you end up in that? Is that something you've always wanted to do? Well, I'd, I'd always known from quite a young age that I wanted to be in, in financial services. Um, work in the city, work with money, essentially. Um, but to be honest with you, at school, I didn't even know a job like this existed. Um, I didn't even know that uh, roles like this existed. And, and to be honest with you, when I was leaving school back in 2004, roles like this didn't really exist anyway because the technology didn't exist at the time. Um, so I guess you could say my my role has evolved um, in line with technology. Okay, so um, there's, there's, there's a lot of things there, but let's start with what one, what made you want to work in the city? What was it? Was it kind of the city lifestyle or was it, you know, the the, uh, the hope of, of, of making, you know, hit, hitting the goal seam, as it were, and making your riches over there? Yeah, it's probably a little bit of, little bit of both. Um, you know, I, you could say I'm a first, first generation immigrant here in the UK and, and you know whilst my parents did send me to an, a good school um, I didn't really have um, what I wanted you could say I always wanted a little bit more um, and I thought the best and quickest way to get that would be to work in financial services with uh, with money 
Um, so, you know, at A-levels, uh, I did economics, university, I did economics. Um, so I made sure that I was putting myself on the the path, really, to securing a role in that sector. Okay, so let's talk about university. What university did you go to and, and why did you pick that particular course? Uh, well, I actually um, went to the University of Surrey down in Guildford. Um, at the time, it wasn't actually my first choice. I missed my first choice university by uh, by one grade. Uh, I initially wanted to go to School of Africa, African and Oriental Studies, um, University of London, um, Oof, taking my mind back, but yeah, I definitely, definitely missed that's it. By so ass, right? That's what. That's yeah, what you're talking so about. Yeah. Um, I. Yeah, so that was my that was my first choice, um, and so I, I I essentially ended up going through clearing, um, to uh, secure um, a degree. So yeah, uh, yeah. So I. I had a few options, you know, for, I went to Royal Holloway, for example, and they, they asked me if I wanted to do European studies with Spanish, um, which I thought was a, a pretty silly thing to do since I'd never studied Spanish uh, at all. Um, uh, University of Surrey was pretty high up on my list, primarily because um, they had a really good placement um, sandwich year um, structure to their, to their course. So in the end, that was what swayed it for me, the, the fact that I could get experience as part of my degree. So what did you do for your placement here and how important was that being for your career? Uh, in some ways, very important. In some ways, not. Um, so I ended up working for a company called Hedge Fund Intelligence in my third year, um, based in St. Paul's in the city. And, uh, you know, I, I was a, a hedge fund analyst, essentially crunching numbers crunching data helping write articles and stories about hedge funds and their performance across the world and actually at the time they were the premier um magazine that people went to 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 get information on hedge funds um internet still wasn't quite up where it is today um you know a lot of the stuff that people do today are online but this was very much a print magazine um so yeah, I mean, it was great experience. I learned how hedge funds work. I learned um, how to crunch numbers and, you know, basically take a lot of what I'd learned in my degree and apply it into real life. But I guess the, the biggest learning from that was um, it wasn't really for me. That was the biggest learn. What wasn't for you working in hedge funds? Or... Yeah, well, not necessarily that. It, being an analyst wasn't wasn't for me. Um, because I like talking, I like meeting people, I like getting in front of people, and uh, essentially they recognised pretty quickly that my skill set lay more on the business development and sales side rather than on the analytical um, number crunching side. Interesting. And you got paid for this as well, right? Yeah, if I remember correctly, my salary there at 20 was 16 grand, so... But living at home with mum and dad, obviously that was uh, after tax. I think it was about fourteen hundred pounds a month. So it was, um, it was, it was a good, good pocket money really to have a bit of fun with on the weekends. Yeah, because technically at that point you're still a student, right? 
Correct. Yeah. So what happens when you finish uni? You finish uni, you graduate, and then and then what's your path from there? Have you ended up where you are now? Uh, yeah. Again, also quite quite interesting. Um, I had um, secured myself uh, an internship with Goldman Sachs to start in October two thousand and eight. Um basically to, to, to work on their um investor relations sort of sales side for, for one of their hedge fund desks. Um and so after university I went travelling for a bit. Um I think whilst I was in Cambodia I got a call saying that the credit crunch had essentially put an end to my uh, internship um the whole world was falling apart um in the financial markets somewhat similar to what's going on right now then yeah yeah you could say you could say um except uh, back then it was very much a man-made um a financial crisis based on greed as opposed to what is essentially at the moment a, a crisis pandemic yeah yeah global pandemic um so I, I came back from, from my, my, my traveling, um, having to find a, an, um, a job pretty quickly. Um, and so I ended up, uh, taking, taking a job with a, with a company that, um, now no longer exists, but essentially, um, selling, uh, structured products, which are essentially, um, investments based on, the stock market um not your typical based investments they're very much classified as alternative investments but um essentially whereby um they're normally sort of five-year type contracts they either pay a fixed level of income or they pay a defined level of growth um based on an outcome of the security i.e um you know after two years if the FTSE is above uh one point you may get a fixed return of twenty percent, but if it's not, if it's below that, you get nothing. You get your money back. So that kind of thing. Cool. And where do you move on from there? So I then um, got made redundant from that job in December of two thousand and eight. Um, essentially, the founding directors had been doing a few dodgy things, um, and that business was uh, was on its knees. Um, I then managed to. Uh, find my way in a startup company um, pretty much as their first salesperson um, and I built my career from there really Cool and you go on to work for Investec and HSBC and various other giant financial institutions what what did you learn working for all those places? Uh, obviously you learn a lot of things um, so if I track all the companies that I've worked for over the last 10 years, I've worked for small companies, I've worked for medium-sized companies, I've worked for very large companies like, you know, Investec, HSBC, and, and obviously now with, with, with Aegon. Um, I've learned that culturally things are very, very different between the, the size of the firm that you go for. So if you work for a smaller company, for example, which is where I started off, you can actually build your um, profile and you can build your experience a lot more quickly because essentially there's nobody else to do it. So if there's an opportunity to do something, um, you know, whether you have the experience or not, if they think you can do it, 
they will ask you to do it. Whereas a, a, at a bigger company, it may take a, a bit more time for those um, opportunities to come your way. Okay. Um, if you went had to go back in the, you know, if you had a time machine and go back and visit your eighteen-year-old self, fresh out of school, what advice would you have given yourself? Would you give yourself now? Um, the advice I would give myself back then is um, don't chase the money in the short term. Chase the experience. Do Do you feel you chase the money then? Was that something you, you, you're guilty of? Uh, yeah, you could say. Yeah, I think I did. I think I chased it too much too quickly. Um, and if you do that, you you get frustrated if you're not, you know, earning the amount that you want to be earning. So it, it impacts on your sort of desire to stay with a company and your happiness, essentially, in the, in, at the end of the day. Yeah. What um, if... If there was somebody listening who wanted to get into your industry now, what would your advice to them be? Um, to, to get into my industry, uh, my advice to them would be to... It's a difficult one to answer because there are people in my 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 company who, you know, have been doing the job, 30, some, some of them have been doing it 30, yeah. 40 years, and they didn't, they didn't start out doing degrees and, and a lot of them just came straight from school but I think since the mid mid noughties I think it, it has very much become a degree centric type type of place to work and so I definitely su- suggest somebody does a you know a financially savvy degree like an economics degree a, a financial services degree a business business studies to a lesser extent um, but v- very much a, a a degree focused around the financial world. Yeah, and is the key still to get an internship early on? Is that what's going to get you through the door late later? I think so because I I think that um, employers generally uh, favour experience over even potentially grades on some occasions um, because you know you can be academically smart, but you might not necessarily be common sense smart um so by having practical experience of certain things you you know put yourself in a position where you can be competing with somebody that potentially has better grades than you how enjoyable is it to work in the city i mean do you enjoy what you do and what you know what what what's a typical kind of work week in the city like in terms of obviously you'll go to the office but you know outside the office because i know work, working in the city if you, if you if you didn't know already there's a large social element to it as well, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I think a lot of it depends on what you do. Um, so, you you know, if you are very much somebody that crunches the numbers, um, you're behind behind the screen, you know, you, you're reliant, um, you're being relied upon for, you know, certain bits of information. Those people don't tend to be so sociable. But, you know, if you're, if you're client-facing... Um, if you're, you know, you have to go out and sell the, the product, that tends to be quite a sociable type um, environment. So you're looking at your, you know, your your Thursday Thursdays and your um, your Wednesday your Wednesday night nights out. And I, I definitely think in the early days of, of your career, you've got to be prepared to put in a few late nights 
to get to know people, get your get get your name out, um, and also build your network as well. Yeah, how important is networking in, in your field? Yeah, it's quite important. It's um, it's definitely um, a learnt skill, um, but you kind of have to have the natural ability to do it anyway. So if you like talking to people, it's not going to be too much of a um, a hassle. But I guess the skill learnt is being able to figure out pretty quickly whether this person's going to be able to help you um, or not, as the case may be. Interesting. Bruce Cacoldi, thank you for joining us on this episode and good luck with the rest of your career. The secret to visibly firmer, summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dull, dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Rich yet never greasy, Andaria Algae Body Oil is formulated with sustainably sourced seaweed to help replenish the skin's moisture barrier and seven nourishing active botanical oils for results you can see and feel all over. The best part? It's signature scent. A blend of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. This all-natural scent is unforgettable. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A, Malibu.com, code GLOW.